everyone, it's uh, Stéphane Compin from Lux Talk Podcast and we are live today with this episode 12 and I'm joined by Jill Saville. She's an executive coach and vice chair of the British Chamber of Commerce in Luxembourg. Uh, dear Jill, thanks uh, to be my guest today and um, I'm really happy that you joined the podcast. Um, to start with, can you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you're coming from and, and about your business? Morning, Stefan. Thanks for inviting me. I, I come from the UK. You can hear I, I come from there. And uh, may I say that with the current situation, it was a really good move to, uh, to come over here in 2009, I think it was. Uh, so yes, as you say, I, I'm a coach, um, but I was in the public sector in the UK for many years. Um, ending up in the Legal Aid Board, as it was, Legal Services Commission. Um, but while I was there, I trained as a coach, um, as an internal coach. So when I arrived over here and you asked me, how did I come to be over here? I came over here to live with a man. Okay. Um, who I'm still with, so that, that worked out okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I thought, okay, so so what is it that, that I can do? And uh, I was a coach, a, a qualified coach, so I, I built up from, from there. But I have three adult children who are still in the UK, two grandsons, and um, and I actually live just south of the border in, in France. Of course, I'm not in Luxembourg, but... Um, why Luxembourg? Because I'm a typical Brit. Languages are really not my thing. And uh, there's lots of companies that English is, is their main language. So it's a good market for me. And, um, and what, what type of coaching are you doing? I mainly focus on people who are interested in leading, leading well. So it's all about uh, communicating with people. How do you build uh, trust with people, how do you develop them? Um, so yes, it, things around leadership, communication, I'm qualified in process communication. And more recently, I'm interested in all the neuroscience and how the brain works and how we can try and keep other people out of stress when we're having conversations with them, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm in a program called Mental Fitness, Positive Intelligence with um, Sherazad Shamin. So the, this thing, I'm all, I've always been thinking that I'm studying. So that's the one I'm studying. And, and how was it to start from scratch um, um, as a coach uh, in a new country that you didn't know anything about? Um, uh, of course, you said that uh, English is quite commonly used in Luxembourg, um, but but still, um, it's you come from the public sector. Maybe you didn't have you know experience on being your own boss. Um, how did you manage that? Well, trial and error, uh, and as you say, I knew not a soul in Luxembourg. Uh, I didn't know many people in France. So um, so what did I do? I thought about the types of communities, types of groups that I might join. 
so the coach federation the international coach federation was um, in its infancy the chapter in luxembourg um, but i joined that um, i joined toastmasters yeah uh, which which was great there's uh, for a small country you've got uh, quite a few clubs in toastmasters and of course i joined the british chamber because it, se it seemed like i was british so i i would join the british chamber so then I just really kept talking to people. And 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 was it a bit challenging to get your first customers? Um, how uh, how did you show them that you had enough expertise? Um, uh, even if you did, I mean, you had a background of coaching in the public sector, but being new in Luxembourg, how how did you convince them to that you were uh, the match for what they were looking for? Well, it, it took a long time and some of it was about who I believed I was. And um, I think when you've been employed and you have a title and all of a sudden you no longer have that title, even coming into somewhere and saying who you are, I could no longer say, hey, I'm Jill Savile, I'm whatever. Um, so I really, the hardest thing I think was recreating me mm. and being comfortable with the fact that I, I was just me and, and then building up that credibility. I think the reason why I'm always studying something is so that for me, I'm staying relevant, I'm staying credible. Um, and then gradually you, to be honest, when I started off here, I gave away the coaching because I just wanted um, people to start and see what I did. So I, I would do it for free. I, I don't know if that's how other people started, but that's certainly how I started. And then gradually people um, are reassured that you know what you're doing and would recommend you to other people. Yeah, I think it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's There's a bit of a time delay, isn't there? Yeah, there's some time delay. That's um, maybe there's too many people uh, using internet at the same time. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think you are right that uh, a way to gain credibility is to offer uh, some of the services so that people can try and uh, understand what you are doing. Um, of course, uh, you shouldn't do anything for free. But to start with, that's that's a that's a good way of, you know, of people to understand and to see that if there's a match in, uh, or if they are interesting to go further. Um, uh, but what? there's a difference between free and free. Um, yes, I might not have been paid, but the connections that I made um, and the fact that there was always something reciprocal and somebody would then help me. I mean, there's, there's more to life than money, I think. So you you are building up credit with people. I totally agree. And you mentioned also public sector. Yeah, that was public sector. And although when I was trained as a coach, the idea is that you're there to ask people questions, you're there to help people find their own solutions. So actually, if you don't know what they do, that's great because you don't try and 
give them ideas and, and uh, give them your own solutions. So I knew that I was a better coach if I didn't know what people do, but you try selling that idea to people. When companies, legal companies, finance companies are looking for a coach, they're looking for somebody with that background. Mm -hmm. And um, they're doing that because actually they get a bit confused between mentoring and coaching. Uh, so one of the things that I was doing while I was giving things away for free was coaching people in all different sectors so that I could say I've coached um, because it, it added to my CV. So I'd coached people in research at the university. I'd coached lawyers, I'd coached finance. Uh, so all of the different sectors I suddenly had experience in. So that helped too. And, and I think that uh, going into different sectors also enable you to um, uh, learn from the people you've coached. Uh, get information that you can use, you know, on another coaching session with another person in a, a different sector. Um, and and uh, I think like in a lot of business, you, you need to keep learning uh, to, uh, you know, increase your skills and increase your ability to help people in your, your coaching sessions. Yes, that's right. I, I don't want to become an expert in the sector uh, because they're the expert. I don't actually need to know Um, but you're right, I need to know something so that when they're talking about acronyms and, and uh, they're comfortable in that I can fit in, I, I suppose, yes, yes. The other thing that I did while we're, while we're on the building up uh, thing was uh, I started to mentor for organizations, for charities. So there was one, Aspire, which is uh, which was in London and, and now it's global. And the idea was that they would match um, somebody in the public or charitable sector with a, a coach or a mentor. And uh, we would do it for free, <clears throat> excuse me. But I started to coach through the internet, of course. This was years ago. And so um, then I could say, I've coached somebody in Ghana. I've coached somebody in Rwanda. Uh, who are helping teenage girls. I've coached somebody in, the, in Canada and Hawaii. So that, of course, all helps me to create this mental idea of who am I, and I do this. And, of course, then the next step is to be paid for doing this. But it, it, help, it helps you to build some credibility as well, uh, being able to yes. do that. And, yes, and absolutely. But um, how, 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 I mean, you, you arrived in Luxembourg, uh, you try to uh, sell yourself, uh, you join different uh, groups, uh, association and networks to, um, uh, to promote yourself in a way. Um, of course, it takes time. Uh, it doesn't come, um, uh, uh, you know, from one day to the other. Um, how, how did you manage that? Did it, uh, you know, after six months, after seven months, maybe it wasn't where you wanted it to be? Um, did you had any uh, uh, time where you said, oh, maybe I'm, on, I'm doing the wrong thing or I'm on the, on the wrong path? The first thing you said was try to sell myself. And I think I wasn't particularly good at that. Uh, 
going out and saying, hey, you, you know, look at me, I've, I've got this thing. And um, I was very fortunate to join the John Maxwell team. John Maxwell being somebody who wrote books on leadership, um, not many people in, in Europe know him, but um, there was a person that talked to him and said, hey, we'll create a team around you and we'll teach people to um, find their market. We'll teach people to, uh, so their model was that we would, excuse me, we would find people who, we would create a group, we would create a safe space, a mastermind group, and we would talk about different laws of leadership. Um, and from, from there, then you would, you would get clients and that model worked really well. So um, if anybody's thinking of starting up, I, I think my main message would be to find somebody who's done it, to find somebody who you feel aligned to, an organization or whatever. I mean, there's so many people out there who are going to teach you how to sell, but find something that you're comfortable with because their idea was that you are helping somebody with something. And, and I can do that. If there's anybody that wants me to help them with something, then I'm there. Can I sell me? No, I can't. So uh, I, I think there's a difference. And going back to networking, networking, I think, can be quite harsh, uh, particularly if you're not in a good mood. And so you go in and you're trying to meet people. Once somebody explained to me that actually it's not you who needs to be interesting. You need to be interested in the other person and try to think, okay, if I meet somebody who knows, who wants your services, what is it that you do and how can I pass your name on? Now, now that makes a connection far more than if I stand and say who I am. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, but, I um, I mean, I, I went through the same path um, when, um, I mean, I, I did some networking. I, I was, I've been part of the British Chamber for many years, but when, when um, I set up my company and, and I said, okay, I need to, you know, marketing uh, the, uh, myself and the company, uh, I, I, did, I went to a lot of networking events and the, the, the mindset is that you, you want to learn from the people and not try to sell. And I've, I've seen people, you know, that didn't understand that they, they didn't get any outcome from networking because they were hard selling, which you shouldn't do in a networking event. It's, and, and the people you are talking to might not be uh, someone who will buy your services, uh, but it might be the person that will refer you, uh, you know, to uh, someone they met who is looking for uh, coaching uh, or relocation in my case. Um, and it's a really a different state of mind. And when you understand that, it makes the, the whole exercise uh, much easier. Absolutely, because uh, I've spoken to you a few times, but now that I know that you're in relocation, you're probably the only person I know that's in relocation. So if anybody that I talk to says, <laughs> do you know anybody? I absolutely do. We've had a conversation. So, um, yeah, it's all about building relationships and, and seeing who you connect with. 
And uh, yeah, co coming back to a part of my question was, uh, did you have any, um, uh, at any point, did you have a, a feeling that you didn't take the right path in, in uh, starting uh, uh, as a coach in Luxembourg in, in the first months? Um, definitely. Um, it, it was it was difficult at first, and um, when you're working alone, um, I had always worked in teams. I had always worked with people. I'm the kind that give me open plan. I love it. Um, people around me. Um, so to then have to keep up my own morale at home and steal myself and go out into the world and try and find my my place in it yes absolutely that that was hard and um the only way i got over that really was to find a new inner circle if you like an inner circle of of people and supporters because my previous inner circle uh, in london no longer helped me you know. yeah. So, um, yes, absolutely, there were times when I thought, you know, because I never intended to be uh, an entrepreneur. I, I lived, I always say I lived my mother's life until I was 30. I did all the usual expected things. Um, and I was in the civil service mainly because she was, I stayed in it uh, my entire life, although I moved about in it. But I was safe, I was public sector, I could have stayed there. So to suddenly be self-employed, it was not written, it was not in my, uh, in my plan. So yeah, it was, it was very hard at first. Now, now I think, my goodness, how did you ever go to the same place every day, Jill? That must have been so, so boring. It's the same as me, and, and I think it's a, it's a, a common thing with a lot of people. Um, I, I, all, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. Uh, I always said that that's not for me when people were asking. Um, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, totally different. Of course, it can be stressful, it can be exciting. Um, but like you said, it can be very lonely when you start. And uh, I was lucky to start the business with my wife, which, you know, you, it helps you. Uh, we help each other when one was down, the other was, uh, you know, uh, helping the, the other to uh, uh, stay uh, uh, positive. Um, but what also what, what I discovered was um, we, we, we had a small office in Luxembourg and uh, alone nobody uh, and I think that was a mistake I mean maybe not a mistake it was a, a pass um, but I was working with a team before and uh, it was difficult not to have people to talk to uh, around you and uh, and it's why I think for, for the people that are listening I would suggest if you can to go in a co-working space um, it's we've moved now uh, two years ago in a co-working space and it's great because the people around you are kind of um, um, uh, colleagues, uh, even if they are not working uh, in the same company. And there is an energy uh, in a co-working space where you can, you know, you, you're not having lunch alone. Uh, you can have a coffee break and exchange with people that are in other businesses. 
and um, it's it's very interesting and uh, well, well again I suggest for people to and I should have we should have done that right away is to to start in a co-working space um, to keep the spirit up to have people that you know can say oh I, I, I went through that you know don't worry it's normal it's difficult uh, but when you're alone uh, you're not sure that you are doing the right thing no I agree and um places like house 17 at silver square um that they were ideal to to meet people yeah um and yes if i mean now of course we're confined and so uh, i don't go anywhere and, I, and i'm getting quite comfortable with not going anywhere that's the problem <laughs> when somebody suggests you know at the end of the confinement shall we meet and i think oh really you know i've I filled up my car three times in 2020, uh, um, so that's how little I traveled. But yeah, the co-working spaces, I think, were a really good idea. And and you, you just reminded me there, when I first went, my whole... I, I prefer to collaborate. I never wanted to appear to be in competition. And um, even though I suppose technically we are actually I, I find collaborating with other people with other coaches with other trainers to be a lot more rewarding because you've got different ideas you can certainly bring different things to a client uh, it's more interesting than just listening to one person of course it's not going to make you a millionaire doing it that way but well, i but prefer collaboration yeah i, I totally agree and um you know we we, we the way we set up our business, of course, we are here to earn some money to uh, to be able to pay our bills. Um, but um, we uh, we are really working in a kind of collaboration uh, partnership. We, we 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 use the word all the time: partnership with our customers, with corporate accounts, with suppliers, with with um, you know our consultants, um, because it's uh, it's the best way to share ideas and to have um, uh, to improve the business as well. Yes, uh, we had a really interesting guest, uh, the British Chamber. I don't know if you saw him, Simon Anholt. Written, I didn't uh, manage to, uh, to join. He, but... he, he'd written a book, but one of his main things was the three stages of humanity. The first one was survival. The second one was competition. And the third one was collaboration. And he thought as humans, that's where we should be moving to. So, so I, I, I managed to, uh, to reach the third stage, which yeah, is- Yeah, we are there. <laughs> Um, so you've been since uh, 2009, you said, in, in Luxembourg um, and, and working in Luxembourg. What was the biggest challenge you, you had in your career, maybe in Luxembourg or, or before, and, and how you overcame it? Um, I, I think I've touched on it already. The biggest challenge was to recreate, reinvent me. Uh, that that was really the hardest thing because uh, they always say that if you believe you can do something, then you're halfway there. And um, it was just building up that confidence that um, I was worth somebody paying me money. Uh, so I think that's why I'm interested as a coach in um, helping people to see their potential and help, helping them because I can see potential in them, but it's, there's no point if I see it. 
We have to believe we can do it. And I totally agree. Um, when when I lost my job and before uh, creating the company, I I, um, I worked with a transition coach, and um, I think it's it's what helped me. And and sometimes you cannot do it alone because uh, if you are not able to believe that you are able to recreate yourself in something different, um, it's very difficult to move forward. You might end up doing the same thing. You might end up, you know, uh, working with the same toxic people. And um, again, I, I remember at the end of the, 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 the last session, you know, the, the lady knew perfectly well that um, I was going to set up my business. She said she just waited for me to tell her that I was going to set up my business because during the whole past, the whole work we did, she knew we were, we were going to end up at that, uh, that you know, creating um, our company. So, but that's the yeah. difficult part. That's the very difficult part to, uh, to be able to um, understand that and be able to work on it. And the transition coaching, uh, that, that is such a joy to be with somebody just for that short period of time in their journey because they are really creating a new vision for themselves and of themselves. And uh, what I try to do is uh, many people, when they're out of work, they just need that security. And so they want to find anything, you know, 100 applications a day, you know, and I, I try to stop them and say, let's actually decide what is it that you want, even if there's not that job there if you could have any job what would it look like what would the environment be like what kind of people would you be working with what are their values what are they so that they can get this because you you can't go and search for something if you don't know what it looks like and as you say you could end up back in what you were in before and and you've not moved on so that that is a real pleasure to and, and it's always a surprise because people come up with something that I certainly wouldn't have thought of for, yeah. for them, you know. I totally agree. And, and for me, it was, it was a fantastic experience. But, um, you know, some, my wife and some people told me before that I should, you know, use a transition coach while I was working my previous company. But I wasn't ready. And, um, and it's only when you are ready and sometimes it's that, you know, when you've been pushed that you... Um, that you, you, you make the step to, um, to work on yourself. And I think it's very important. Um, maybe what, what, what is um, something you, would, you wish you had known when you started as, as a coach in Luxembourg? Um, maybe things that you, you would have done differently now that you have experience? What? One thing that I wish I'd known throughout my life, really, is that it's possible to change. It's possible to change it. At any age, at any time, you can go off and do something different. And um, now that I have that belief, that reinvention, you know, um, I know that I can do it again. And... Um, but it, it is that. I really wish I'd known that. And dare I say that when I came to live here, I realized that we're a little bit 
more open-minded in the UK about people changing career. Mm -hmm. Because here, when I'm talking to people, if they've been trained as something, it's as if they have to keep that for their entire life, you know? This, so, um, yeah, life, life's long and it's getting longer. <laughs> Who says that you've got to stay in the same thing forever? Especially, so, I, I, especially that, uh, you know, in the past, people would start a career in the, in the same company, you know, and stay in the same company until they retire. Now people are changing uh, very often, and and it's why you you need to learn new skills. You need to uh, train yourself all the time, uh, because you might do something totally different from what uh, from the first job you did. And, and I think it's great. Yes, yes, so do I. I. I can remember talking to somebody at a networking event, and he just retired, and he'd been in a bank for all his career. And I said, and what are you going to do now? Uh, I'm going to cook, I'm going to be a chef. I've always wanted to do it. And I thought, why haven't you done it before? It's, uh... But of course, that's the beauty of having a one life and a pension and security, and then we can go off and, and do yeah. something else. So, so um, I, I've seen that you've started your first uh, podcast. Uh, can you, you talk a bit uh, about, about that and uh, what kind of, um, you know, what, what type of people are you interviewing? What, what's the topic? The topic is really self-leadership, self-leadership. And because I was part of the John Maxwell team um, and I was doing the groups and we were talking about um, 21 laws of leadership and uh, I did quite a few groups. And of course in Luxembourg, people start to know you sooner than if you're in, in other countries, it's small. And um, somebody once said to a friend of mine, she was talking about me and this woman said, oh, you mean the leadership woman? And that stuck in my mind. Um, because, of course, I'm not saying I'm a great leader. I'm saying I'm passionate about it. And leadership is the heart of everything. Um, being able to influence people, being able to make that connection so that you can, therefore, positively influence people. Um, so because I've been studying for years really all the time that I've been here from one thing to another and with the groups I try to pass on the latest thing that that I'm learning and I'm an avid reader my idea was that short bite-sized little things little tips things that um, I'd learned along the way might help other people and with the, the whole idea to shorten their journey, because as you said, you've got a coach, you would have got there yourself, but we can, we can speed things up. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the idea. Um, also in this last year, I've had a, quite a change and it was brought about by COVID. I was doing groups, I was doing face-to-face -face groups because that's what I like. Of course, we had to move online. We thought it was temporary. And then people started to say, 
can so-and-so join? Can I bring so-and-so from different countries? Can I bring my daughter? Can And I thought, well, I've got one or two students that are, so can I, so then I sort of had two generations, if you like, but quite a, a wide range. So then I, I separated them out and I had now a small group of next generation that I think of, and I called them the aspiring leaders. And they just give me so much positivity yeah. and hope for the future. So, um, so I've got them and this podcast really has been brought about from the question of, well, how can I reach more people? How can I just do, because you never know who's going to listen or where they're going to listen from. And, um, and already people have, you know, said, about bloody time. In fact, that's that was one comment I got from somebody. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. That's great. And 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 was it was it challenging to do that? Because I, I remember reading um, uh, a post on on Facebook said that you were pushing it away until you really wanted it started it. Uh, how did it go? The first one. In fact, in fact. <laughs> It was easy. Um, you know the kind of thing that you think, why has it taken me so long? So that so the very first one was just just start. The very first thing I talked about yesterday was how it had taken me. So it had been an idea for such a long time, and and what finally got me over the the starting line, if you like. Um, and I thought that might help other people because we've all got things that we think we ought to start. Yeah, so, uh, we are just postponing very often for the wrong reason. And again, yeah. often it goes back to what we said before, uh, the, the, um, the fear of being judged. Um, and now that I've integrated that well, that's fine, you know, it, people might not like what I'm doing, but as long as it, other people like what I'm doing, that's fine. I cannot please everybody. And that yeah. this new state of mind helped me a lot to try new things. I, I agree. And I mentioned positive intelligence and positive intelligence is talking about uh, the two sides to us, really. One, one side is the, the saboteurs, the the ones that are telling you, you can't do it. Um, who do you think you are? And look at them. So we judge ourselves, we judge other people. Uh, so the judge is the biggest saboteur that we have. And to try and turn that around so that we're working in positive part uh, of our mind, using empathy and, and innovation and that kind of thing. Um, these are the kind of, um, I, I'm hoping that that's Going to be of interest to people this whole mental fitness idea and what what they can do so that they stay more in this positive part of the brain rather than listen to that constant and judge. It's very important and um i i, I i'm sure it will appeal to a lot of people uh, uh i i'm one of them <laughs> <laughs> good good um, maybe, maybe to finish on a, a, a more personal um, uh, side of, of yourself, um, 
what is a passion of yours that you rarely share with people at work? Um, you, you told me that you love reading. Uh, do you have other things that you, uh, that, that you do to uh, uh, free your mind or to get out of business? Well, as long as you don't tell anybody, Stefan, I, I have this. Uh, <laughs> I really love the Korean series um, on Netflix. Um, and not only on Netflix, also on Vicky. Uh, I pay for that. And um, I don't, I've been trying to decide what is it that draws me in. And I think it's the emotion. I think they display emotion. They're not afraid to do that. And, and everything is so much slower. And yeah, I just like that world. And I've, I've learned so much about their culture. So, so yes, that's one. Very new world. <laughs> that's well, one I'm thing, but don't, don't tell anybody. No, but I need to have a look. It's, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know that uh, you, you had, you know, Korean series on Netflix. So I, I wouldn't have <laughs> to look at that. Um, another thing, um, as you are uh, getting a bit older, the, what, what, what becomes more important in your life and what, what became less important in terms of, you know, uh, values, priorities? people become more and more important. I think when you're at work, and I, I, I work with people who work 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, you know, and, and sometimes I, I want to say to them that that thing that you're working on, not only with it, will it not really be important, in six months time or a year's time you know when you look back on your life nobody will remember that you did it but what people will remember is the conversation that you had with them the friendship that you had say um so that becomes more important and i also and because of that and because some people are a drain and some people lift you, don't they? And my life's too short to be around people who drain me. So I'm quite, um, I'm quite choosy about who I spend my time with. Um, so, so, so yes, people be, become more important, I think. And I think that um, I'm, I've reached that point uh, in a certain way as well. Um, you need, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people that won't drain you down uh, that brings value to your life and uh, and and uh, you know like you said what you are doing at work today is doesn't have any any sense really um, in terms of the value in the future uh, it's more about the people and the discussion you you have with the people i totally agree um lastly what are maybe two or three tips uh, or advices for our listeners who would you know want to start um, as, a, as a coach or who would uh, want to launch their own business um, you know maybe people that um, have worked in a certain business uh, all their life and have experience and they want to you know to change and, and share this experience uh, by being a coach 
I think, first of all, um, understand the difference between being a coach and being a mentor. Uh, because it it's not it's not well understood and um a coach we just ask questions and try that person to find their own solutions mentoring is different mentoring is equally valuable but mentoring is finding somebody who is that bit further along than you who can help you and and do this so so be clear what it is you want to do and many of us do a do a mix of it Mm-hmm. build up your credibility build up credibility by being properly trained it's not something that you just stumble into and you know you'll do a good job mentoring yes to a certain extent you can pass on your knowledge coaching i would say not be trained and be associated with um the the group, so you've got EMCC in Europe, you've got the ICF, which is global, uh, just to mention two. So, so build up your credibility, build up experience. Um, one of my mentors used to say, speakers speak, writers write, and coaches coach. If, if you're a coach, then get out there and get that experience and build up your hours so that uh, You've got the the qualifications, the credibility and the experience. Um, And the last thing I would say about coaching is don't do it unless you're interested in people. Yeah, it makes sense. Because you need to be curious. You need to really listen to somebody. And if you're not interested in people, then um, yeah, move, move on and do something else. Yeah, what is really interesting about what you said is um, uh, is about the fact that you need to train yourself to be a coach. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've seen so many times that some people starting as coaches and just because they had some experience or because they thought that that would be great, uh, but they didn't train themselves to be coaches, to uh, learn how to share and ask questions to the people they are going to uh, to coach and um it, it's it's uh, it's um, a job in itself uh, to be a coach it's just that not some something that you wake up one morning saying oh i'm going to be a coach so i think it's important what you said it's um it's uh, it's something that you know people who want to do that it's they have to do it for the right reason that's right because many of us it, even coaches, um, we are talking to somebody, they have an issue and we think, oh, I can solve that. I've, I've had that. I, I, you just need to do this. Well, okay, that's mentoring. It may or may not be the right solution for them. But actually what's even more useful is them finding their own solution because it's probably even better than what you did. Exactly, yeah. Um, if, if our listeners want to connect with you, um, what is the best way to do that? And uh, we'll put the info in the, in the podcast note, maybe on LinkedIn or Adam uh, in, which is what, what is the easiest uh, way? By email. By it's email. jill at jillsavile.com. Okay, 
Perfect. Um, thanks for joining the postcard, Jill. I, I really enjoyed our discussions uh, and um, I hope to uh, uh, see you soon. And you, Stefan. Maybe we can see each other at a British Chamber event exactly. in person. When we are allowed to uh, meet in person. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.